up, yo? It's Mark Shannon with the Fantasy Knockout Fantasy Football Show. Today is Saturday, September 19th, episode number 119. Follow the show. We're on Twitter, at Fantasy Knockout. And we're also on Instagram.com slash Fantasy underscore Knockout. Are you excited? Because I know I am. It's the Week 2 Start Sit Show. Who are we feeling confident about this week? And who are we worried about? But first... Announcements. I want to give a shout out to Crawling Through Tataurus for that super dope riff. Um, If you like that, please check out their music. They're on Spotify. They're on YouTube. I got a link to their link tree in the show notes, which will get you to all their social media stuff. Give them a follow on social media. They are a Southern California metal band. I met the drummer. He's really, really cool. Love these guys. These are pretty cool guys. Anyway, so announcements. The knockout, the hashtag knockout giveaway is still going on. You have until October 11th to get all your entries in for the signed Kenny Galladay jersey. Do this at fantasyknockout.com. Also, at the website, I don't know if you guys seen the post. I am ranked 28th overall in accuracy for the week one uh, rankings. So check out my rankings on the site. Again, fantasyknockout.com. Thursday night recap. So the Battle of Ohio was a good one, but the Cleveland Browns become victorious. Uh, Nick Chubb, one of my favorite running backs, uh, obviously we gave away his jersey earlier this year, Has a, he had a solid game. Odo Beckham gets right with Baker. They connect for a touchdown, which was nice. Uh, but Burrow, he looked good. You can see he's still adjusting, making some basic rookie mistakes. Uh, but they stayed in the game, and he drove them down several times for scores. Uh, the Bengals, you know, towards the end, they were down by five points with five minutes left. And the Browns got the ball, and they just run it down the way they are going to do all season long with Chubb and Hunt. And they looked amazing. And Kareem Hunt ends up scoring a touchdown on that drive, puts the game out of reach. Um, and then also in garbage time, Joe throws one more touchdown to Tyler Boyd to help his uh, fantasy <laughs> week. Um, so the Browns, they end up winning 35-30. to So Baker Mayfield, he had a decent game. Again, not what you were looking for or expecting from him. He only had 16.26 points. Uh, Nick Chubb had the game. He's my MVP of the game. 125 yards, two touchdowns, one reception for nine yards for 25.8 points. Cream Hunt also followed up with a pretty close game uh, for that MVP with 86 yards rushing, one touchdown, two receptions for 15 yards, and one receiving touchdown for 23.10 points. But Beckham had his uh, touchdown as well, and he had 74 uh, yards with four receptions for 15.4 points. Uh, Jarvis Landry didn't do much, three receptions, 46 yards for 6.1 points. Then on the other side, Burrow, 317 yards, three touchdowns, 19 yards rushing, 24.54 points called him for a stream of the week if he was available out there felt comfortable playing him he he delivered uh for fantasy joe mixon getting off slow this year he only had 45 rushing yards four receptions for 40 receiving yards 10.6 points aj green this one hurt it was like 13 uh targets for only three receptions 29 yards for 4.4 points uh, and then D- Tyler Boyd was the receiver there to own in Cincinnati with seven receptions, 73 receiving yards, and a score for 16.7 points. 
Do you have a question for the show? Then head over to fantasyknockout.com, click the Ask a Question tab on the site, send in your questions, be happy to answer them for you. Let's talk some news. News with views. So running back Le'Veon Bell of the New York Jets, he has been placed on IR with a hamstring injury. He's going to be eligible to return in three weeks, so this is the short IR. This isn't the season-ending IR. Uh, Frank Gore or Josh Adams, they're going to be the running backs getting the workload. Still, I am not interested in having any Jets on my fantasy roster. Wide receiver Michael Thomas out of New Orleans, he has a high ankle sprain. He is expected to miss several weeks, but then news is coming out that he might be playing this Monday night. We'll talk about him in the in and out section later on. And then this one is funky. Wide receiver Allen Robinson in Chicago. Um, he has not requested a trade, but he is unhappy about his contract. Um, earlier, Allen Robinson removed all Bears logos from his social media accounts, and he's been critical of the Bears front office for not paying him his worth as a top 10 wide receiver. Uh, he came out later, a couple days later, and said that he was somewhat emotional when he removed all those logos uh, from his accounts. But then he has spoke with GM Ryan Pace and head coach Matt Nagy, and he will continue to focus on playing for Chicago. So it sounds like the squeaky wheel is going to have a lot of targets come his way this week. Kind of like what Od- Odell Beckham did week one where he started to complain a little bit. He had his game this week, so I'm pretty high on Allen Robinson this week. Uh, this is bummer news. Tight end CJ Uzama from Cincinnati. We all saw him get hurt in the, um, during the game. He's been placed on season-ending IR with a torn Achilles. Bummer for him. He was looking good. And then uh, wide receiver Robert Woods from the Rams. He signs a four-year extension for $65 million. For Good job, Bobby, for getting some money. What's spreading quick and makes you sick, infecting everyone? Corona, Corona, the virus infecting us all. Corona, Corona, you cough and shake then fall. COVID update. All right, so, well, it's week two, and we have we have a Saints running back, Dwayne Washington, who's been removed from the COVID list. And, again, there's still only two players still on the COVID list, and that's pretty darn good after week two. So it's Keyshawn Johnson and Arizona, who's a receiver, and Reichwell Armstead in Jacksonville, who is a running back. So not that either of them were owned, but that's pretty darn great for the NFL to have only two guys um, testing positive for COVID. So it is whatever they're doing, it's working right now. In and out. All right, so here's some players that I that I'm guessing I'm taking the stance on whether they're going to be in or they're out, and if they're in, were they are they worth playing? Or are they going to be sitting? What what to do with some of these players? So, start off with some running backs. Le'Veon Bell from the Jets. We said he's on the IR, so he is out out for three weeks. Uh, James Conner in Pittsburgh. He's got the ankle injury. He is going to be in and he's going to play. Uh, Philip Lindsay in Denver. He's got the turf toe. I think he's going to be out, so you don't play him. Josh Jacobs, he came up with an ankle injury in practice. He's going to be in. Go ahead and start him. Still love my guy, Josh. Uh, Duke Johnson in Houston. He's got an ankle injury. He's going to be in. Um, I'd sit him. I don't trust him to carry enough uh, fantasy relevance this week. So, Then Miles Sanders, the last running back here, is out of Philadelphia. He's had the hamstring where he missed last week. He's going to be in. He's going to start. He's going to get his uh, right tackle, Lane Johnson, back. So start Sanders. Tight ends, George Kittle from San Francisco. He's got the knee issue. He's going to be out 
So, uh, who is it? Jordan Reed is now the tight end in San Francisco. So pick up Reed if you need a Kittle play. Um, Jack Doyle out of Indianapolis, ankle injury. He's going to be out as well. So Mo Alley Cox there in Indianapolis. All right, so wide receivers that are going to be in and out. Kenny Galladay out of Detroit, hamstring injury. The guy I like, the guy we're giving away a jersey. He's going to miss his second straight week. He is out, which is a huge bummer. Uh, Devontae Parker in Miami, he's got the hamstring injury. I think he's going to play. He's going to be in. I would sit him against Buffalo and uh, just don't trust the matchup there. Uh, Debo Samuel, San Francisco, he's got the foot injury. He's out. He's on IR. Um, Denzel Mims, the New York Jets, he's got a hamstring injury. He's out. He's on the IR as well, the three-week IR like Le'Veon Bell. Amari Cooper out of Dallas, he's got an ankle injury. Uh, He's going to be in. He's going to play, so go ahead and start him. Uh, Brandon Cooks out of Houston. He's been dealing with a quad injury. I think he's going to be in, but I would sit him. I wouldn't necessarily start him this week. Um, I want to see him do it first because the connection was with Will Fuller. I want to see Cooks get some more targets, get some more playing time before I trust him in starting in my starting lineup. So uh, Next is John Brown out of Buffalo. He's got the foot issue. He is in. He's uh, flex-worthy. Corey Davis. Um, well, first off, A.J. Brown out of Tennessee. He's got the knee issue. He is out. So A.J. Brown is out. Corey Davis came up as well with a hamstring injury. He's going to be in. I would start him. I'd put him in my flex, especially if you were the A.J. Brown owner and were able to pick up Corey Davis. Start him. He's going to have lots of targets this week. Mike Evans in Tampa Bay. He's got the hamstring injury. He is in. Play him. Uh, Chris Godwin in Tampa Bay. He had a concussion, was placed in the protocol earlier this week. From from practice, I think he's going to be out. And it, even if he does suit up and play, sit him. I don't trust him. Um, Scotty Miller is the is the receiver to pick up there. Um, Cortland Sutton in Denver. He's gotten the shoulder injury. I think he's going to be in, and I would play him. Uh, Brandon Ayuk from San Francisco. He's had the hamstring injury. Uh, he's going to be in, but I would sit him. I wouldn't necessarily start him yet. Alshon Jeffries from Philly. He's got the foot issue. He's going to be out again. Jamison Crowder in from New, the New York Jets. He's got the hamstring injury. He's going to be out. So don't. I mean, more Jets players. That's going to be a bad, bad game. A lot of those offensive guys are going to be out. And then Henry Ruggs from the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, he's got a knee issue that he's dealing with, and I think he's going to be out. And then Michael Thomas. What to do with Michael Thomas? The reports say he was going to miss several weeks. Now there's a report saying he's possibly he's doing better in practice that he's possibly going to suit up for Monday. I'm going to give him the out tag. I have him on my um, in the listener league, and I am going to sit him. I'm not going to start him, and that's what I would advise most everyone to do. Pivot around there. Don't take the chance. It is Michael Thomas. I understand the talent is there. And yes, whenever he plays, he has a chance to be an amazing wide receiver. But I will just take the loss. And if he produces on my bench, then oh well. I'm going the safe route with that. I'm not going to take the gamble. And I think others should do the same if they are dealing with that uh, decision. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble! Main event. All right, so Sunday morning we got about 10 games. Jacksonville versus Tennessee, Carolina, Tampa Bay, Denver, Pittsburgh, the Rams and the Eagles, uh, San Francisco and the Jets, Buffalo versus Miami. Um, San Francisco is going to just destroy the Jets. Uh, Minnesota in Indianapolis, Detroit, Green Bay, Atlanta and Dallas, and the Giants in Chicago. Uh, that's all the morning games. The afternoon games, Washington, Arizona, Kansas City and the Chargers, Baltimore and Houston. And then Sunday night is New England and Seattle. 
The Monday night is New Orleans and Las Vegas, and that Monday night is my lovely wife's birthday, so early shout out to her. Happy birthday, babe. We'll be celebrating at the bar you work at and having a wonderful time watching the Raider game. Their home opener in their brand new stadium on her birthday. Pretty cool, so we're going to be doing that that Monday night. All right, so let's talk some start-sit players, guys to put in your flex, guys to start that I like this week. All right, so start off quarterbacks. Dak Prescott from the Dallas Cowboys. It wasn't the start that Prescott had hoped for last week, but he played the game smart, taking what the Rams gave him. Fortunately, the Falcons are a much more giving unit. There were seven quarterbacks who posted top, um, who posted 20-plus fantasy points against the Falcons last year. So start Prescott as an elite quarterback one this week. Um, next one is Phillip Rivers. We're going back with him this week. Uh, his first game as Colts uniform was a mixed bag as he completed 78.3% of his passes for 363 yards and was pressured just 12.8% of the time, which was second lowest in week one. But turn those yards into just one score and two interceptions, which was the old Phillip Rivers that we all know. And I don't know, depending on you, you love or hate now going to play at home against the Vikings. It could be a treat for him and the Colts' pass catchers. The first week with the new group obviously didn't go so well. The downside to Rivers is that he offers no mobility, which wrecks your fantasy floor as a streamer. Uh, Rivers is going to be a mid to high-end quarterback too this week. All right, quarterbacks to sit, guys that I'm not fond of or super high on this week. Matthew Stafford out of Detroit. He's got he's losing his uh, top wideout again. So we knew it was going to be a tough matchup for Stafford last week, right? Uh, then you add in Kenny, Kenny Galladay's injury, and it was a spot to fade him. All things considered, for him to walk away with nearly 300 yards and one touchdown, should have been two, though, um, isn't the worst thing. So if Galladay is out, which he is, that's worrisome for Stafford's projection. Um, I don't know how high his floor would be without Galladay, so can't really consider anything more than like a middling quarterback two, um, if that's the case. Uh, next one is Drew Locke out of Denver. Um, he was without one of his top weapons on Monday night, so it wasn't all great for Locke. But we must give him time in a new offensive system with a lot of new players around him. Unfortunately, time is not something he'll have a lot of against the Steelers. This is a defense that consistently swarmed Daniel Jones last week, getting into the backfield at will. We're expecting Cortland Sutton to come back this week, but the matchup is not one to attack for streamers. Uh, there will be better days. This is one where the Broncos are just projected to score 18.3 points. Running backs to start, guys that I like, it's Austin Eckler out of the Los Angeles Chargers. It was not what Eckler owners had hoped for in their first game alongside Tyrod Taylor. Sure, he got 19 carries that amounted to 84 yards, but he saw just one target. That's an issue, especially when you see that Kelly, the rookie, got the lone carry inside the five-yard line. After the game, head coach Anthony Lynn said it's a priority to get Eckler more involved. Expect a big bounce back this week against the Chiefs, who allowed the most receiving yards to running backs last year. Start Eckler as an RB1 and expect big results this week. Next one is James Robinson out of Jacksonville. The only running back in the league who got 100% of his team's running back carries in week one was James Robinson. 
His 62 yards on 16 carries was actually pretty solid against the Colts' run defense. And don't forget, the Jaguars ran just 47 plays in the game. The issue here is game script. As we are fully expecting the Jags to fall behind early, Robinson ran 11 routes last week while Thompson ran 12 routes. So it's possible we see Robinson no matter the game script. Given his workload, <laughs> given his workload last week, he can be played as a running back 3-slash-flex with a decent floor, though his ceiling leaves a lot to be desired. Running backs I'm not fond of, Cam makers of the Los Angeles Rams. We knew it would be a timeshare, and though I said that Brown would have a larger role than most expected, no one guessed he'd lead the team with 21 touches. We heard Sean McVay say he wanted to steal a page out of Kyle Shanahan's book, and he did just that in week one, as his running backs combined for a massive 39 touches in a win over the Cowboys. The Eagles' run defense is going to be a much tougher test. Uh, Akers was the clear number two ahead of Henderson, but he did nothing to separate himself. Um, Akers should be considered a volatile running back four until further notice. So sit and hold on Akers, not necessarily starting and playing him yet. Then Frank Gore from the New York Jets. Gore is sure to be the starter with Le'Veon Bell out, though it was Adams who played more snaps in the second half with the Jets when the Jets fell behind. He played on 10 passing snaps while Gore played just four. This game figures to be a lot like last week in terms of game script where the Jets running to backs totaled just 18 touches. I have Gore who will start and likely receive goal line touches as a low upside running back four this week. Wideouts I want to start. Adam Thielen out of Minnesota. Despite the Vikings passing the ball just 25 times in week one, we saw Thielen get eight of them, which amounted to number three wide receiver performance. Now Thielen gets to go against the Colts secondary that just allowed the Jaguars receivers combined for 11 receptions, 109 yards, and three touchdowns on just 12 targets. Thielen is a can't-miss wide receiver one in this matchup. My next receiver I like is the squeaky wheel himself, Allen Robinson of the Bears. He's coming off a mediocre performance, but the Bears should be making this right for the top 10 NFL wide receiver. It'll be business as usual for Robinson this week, though he'll have a tougher matchup than he did last week. The Giants acquired James Bradbury this offseason, and though he's their only start-worthy cornerback, he's the one who will see Robinson the most. Uh, Bradbury was charged with giving up two touchdowns in his coverage last week, so if the Bears get creative with Robinson, he'll be just fine. Start him as a low-end wide receiver one. Wideouts I'm going to sit or just stay away from this week. Marvin Jones from the Detroit Lions. We figured that with Galladay out of the lineup last week that Jones would be, he would have led the team in targets with eight. But he shared the workload with both Quintez Cephas, who had 10, and Danny Amendola, who had seven. He walked away with four catches for 55 yards in a game where he had plenty of chances. If you have a receiver who's seeing eight targets, it's difficult to sit him, especially a touchdown threat like Marvin Jones. While his target floor slash ceiling would go down if Galladay were in the lineup, I think his efficiency may go up. I'd consider him a low-end wide receiver this week. And my last wideout is Christian Kirk of the Arizona Cardinals. So when I think about Kirk... All I do is just stare into space when thinking about his week one performance that netted 
zero yards on five carries. What most don't realize is that he was the sacrificial lamb to Hopkins last week, playing almost all of his snaps on Richard Sherman's side of the field. It obviously worked out, He's and he's a risky wide receiver for option this week. Tight ends. All right, tight ends to start. Guys, I want in my lineups. Eric Ebron of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So the Steelers ran more two tight end sets than I really anticipated uh, last week. And it led to Ebron playing a solid 40 of 64 snaps. That's way more than I expected. Though the production was spot on, Ebron saw just two targets, the same as McDonald, the other tight end. That resulted in one catch for 18 yards. Uh, Big Ben threw the ball just 32 times, so there wasn't a lot of volume. But just four targets to the position isn't going to do anyone anything in fantasy. Ebron is certainly my preferred option of the two, but he's just a touchdown-dependent tight end, too. Next is Dallas Goddard of the Philadelphia Eagles. With banged-up wide receivers and running backs in the Eagles' offense, we expected Goddard to be more involved, but to see more targets than Ertz? It wasn't just the targets, either. Goddard played 79% of the snaps, while Ertz played 85% of the snaps. This appears to be a timeshare. Though we now have eight straight games where Goddard has seen at least six targets, which is a massive for a tight end. Ertz is in a contract dispute and apparently showed up late to a practice recently, so it's something to kind of monitor. So both tight ends can be played as tight end ones in this matchup this week. All right, tight ends we're sitting and fading on. We're going to start with Rob Gronkowski out of Tampa Bay. As it turns out, Gronk led the Bucks tight ends in snaps. But does that really matter? Howard. O.J. Howard ran just one fewer route than Gronk and totaled twice the targets. 6-3. to three. So 25 more yards, 36-11. to 11, And a touchdown in his debut with Tom Brady. You typically follow the snap production to as with a tight end. But when the routes are the same, you go with a more efficient one. And in this case, it's O.J. Howard. So knowing Gronk was the only one who had chemistry with Brady you would have thought he'd produce more early on. But that wasn't the case. Howard would be my choice of the two tight ends right now. And my other tight end to fade is Greg Olson out of Seattle. Well, we got our answer about who led the timeshare in week one. Olson not only doubled Disley's targets 4-2, to two, but he outsnapped him 41-25 to 25 as well. It was good to see Olson have rapport with Wilson immediately, catching all four targets for 24 yards and a touchdown. It's still a timeshare, so we can't get too excited. The Patriots were the seventh best team at defending tight ends last year, allowing just three tight ends to top 44 yards. Olsen is the preferred option, but it's hard to say he's more than a middling tight end too, who would, he's going to need to score. of the week. Alright, so quarterback Josh Allen out of Buffalo. We're doubling down on him. Did you know that Allen's 316 yards in week one was the first time in his career he threw for more than 266 yards? It's odd because he only averaged 6.8 yards per attempt and he left more production on the field. Fortunately, the Bills just saw a blueprint on how to attack this defense. As Cam Newton, who's the closest comp to Josh Allen, only threw the ball 19 times, but he ran the ball 15 times for 75 yards and two touchdowns. In two games against Miami last year, 
Allen posted 21.3 fantasy points and 33.8 fantasy points. While they've gotten better, Allen clearly gives them headaches. Fire them up. Excellent. My next quarterback is Cam Newton from the New England Patriots. He looked like he shred weight from his Carolina days. Josh McDaniels built this offense for him to succeed. The Seahawks are going to need to blitz in order to create pressure, as their front seven is not very imposing. That leaves their cornerbacks vulnerable. The question will be, can Cam capitalize like Matt Ryan did last week when he threw for 450 yards? If Newton breaks that first line of defense, it could be off to the races. You should also know that this defense allowed 5.98 yards per carry to quarterbacks last year. The most in football. Knowing he has that rushing floor again, Newton is a weekly quarterback one, and this matchup looks like a good one. Running back start of the week is Jonathan Taylor out of Indianapolis. So Marlon Mack is out for the season, and that means Taylor will have full opportunity to become a top 10 running back. With the way Rivers operates, this could very easily be a Melvin Gordon slash Austin Eckler type backfield. The refreshing part of Taylor's performance was that he saw six targets and caught all of them for 67 yards. That's not going to be an every week thing, but it's good to know he'll be used in that fashion. Even in a game that has a neutral game script, start Taylor as a high-end running back two who should net 15-plus touches. My next running back is Raheem Mostert out of the San Francisco 49ers. In the first game since Mostert's contract extension, we saw him total 37 snaps compared to 19 for McKinnon and 6 for Tevin Coleman. Not only was it the snaps, but more importantly, the opportunities. Mostert had 20, McKinnon had 8, Coleman had 6. Mostert comes with some risk of the backfield returning to last year, but should be played as a solid running back too. It helps knowing he saw 5 targets last week due to all the injuries to the receivers, which raises his floor. My wideout start of the week is Manny Sanders, Emmanuel Sanders out of the New Orleans Saints. With Michael Thomas sidelined, Sanders will be asked to step up and play a bigger role in the offense. But Mike, wasn't he a full-time player already? Uh, no. He played just 33 snaps in week one, while Thomas played 55, and Traquan Smith played 44. Despite that, Sanders tied for the league lead in red zone targets, which was four in week one. Sanders can be played as a wide receiver three this week, who should have a solid floor. Though we don't know how high his ceiling is in his age 33 season. And my last wideout of the start of the week is Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown out of Baltimore. Hollywood was able to produce in the blowout, racking up six catches for 101 yards. There were 15 targets among the Ravens receivers, so he took a step in the right direction. As they averaged just 10.8 targets per game last year, Lamar looked like he wanted to pass more than he wanted to run. That can be the difference Brown needs to jump into that top 20 receiver conversation. His ceiling is just too good to pass up, especially if they're going to target the wide receivers more often. All right, my tight end starts of the week. Tyler Higby out of the Los Angeles Rams. Higby, he played 90% of the snaps. I think he is safe. Logan Thomas churned out 
four receptions for 37 yards and a score last week against Philly. We should see more targets funneled to the tight ends. Everett played just 33% of the snaps and saw two targets, so there's not much to see there. Higby should be played as a tight end one with his snap share where it's at. And my last tight end start of the week is Jared Cook from the New Orleans Saints. It was surprising to see Cook tally seven targets with everyone healthy in week one. And he looked good on him, racking up five receptions for 80 yards. With Michael Thomas out of the lineup, you should expect his target share to remain high against his former team. And I'm now comfortable playing him as a top six tight end. Well, that's going to wrap it up for today. The next show is week three waiver wire. Just want to say thank you for listening to the show. Make sure to subscribe, whatever platform you're on. Leave a rating and review. Also, don't forget to enter to win a signed Kenny Galladay jersey at fantasyknockout.com. Hashtag knockout giveaway. All right. Till next time. See ya. See ya.